0: Thank you. Thank you,
1: gentlemen. And guys,
0: hey, guys. New podcast, uh, and it's a great one. So uh, sit back and enjoy. But first, real quick, I want to go through some dates I got uh, coming up. Passing the Ice House, February 12th. Two shows, uh, 7 o'clock and an 8 o'clock. Nope. 8 and 10. 8 and 10. Thank you, Leanne. That's why you're here. Uh, I am at Sioux City, Sioux City, Hard Rock Casino, the 17th of February, Omaha, Nebraska, 18th through 20th, then off to Vancouver for the Just for Laughs at the Rio Theater, I think is the name of it. I think that's right. Uh, The 21st. And then Columbus, Ohio is my call and sick to work show. I want to thank everyone who came out to D.C. It was a sold-out show. I want to thank Brent Morin and Jason Collings for coming out. It was insane. So uh so if you're in columbus if you're near columbus come out i will go do radio i will drink on radio i'll go right to the club and we will do a noon show and we will day drink and we will it's saint patty's day so you do not have to go to work so come day drink with me it's the brand new uh columbus did i say cincinnati or columbus I don't know. It's Columbus. It's Columbus Funny Bone. So uh, that's it. And I got more dates. Go to Bert, Bert, Um If you're new to this podcast, take two seconds. Uh, I have some great podcasts that I've just posted, and I have some even better ones coming up. Uh, so rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. It literally takes two seconds, but it means the biggest deal for a show like this Uh because people, word gets out, and it goes to the top of the charts because you've rated and reviewed and subscribed it, and then new people see, oh, Bert's talking to today's guest, who's a beast. It's am so... Oh, you done with my read? No. Oh, uh, What are you rolling your eyes I at? I got a text. Oh, God. Who's the text from?
1: Uh, from Andrew.
0: Oh, really? It's all good. Okay. all good. Okay. Um, Today's read, we were going to try to incorporate my daughters into it, because the truth is, Uh, what the our our sponsor for today's podcast sent a very nice gift over, so we could sample the product. Yes, and then talk about how great it was. Yes, but my daughters ate it, and I thought, I thought it would be funny to have them on the podcast. It was funny. It was funny, but it was not what you want to hear. No, here's a. This is an excerpt right, right here.
1: I love Carrie's Berries. They're, like, awesome. I, like, get, die for them. These were for me. These were going to be for me. What and about me? What about me? Uh, they were my advertisement. I was going to do this. It's my, my podcast. Tell him. It's my podcast. They was supposed to be for me. It was so good. And there was one more flavor. Yeah. Do you remember? No, there were just three. Oh, there yeah. were? Yeah, there are four of three. There are Twelve. You're right. You're right, Mona.
0: Let's. Get, this is uh, this ads driving me nuts. Leanne, who's our sponsor this week?
1: Our sponsor this week is Sherry's Berries. We got a an awesome dozen of. Sh-
0: <laughs> I'm fucking losing my mind right now. <laughs>
1: All
0: right, go ahead, Leanne, quickly. The
1: wheels have come off.
0: I'm gonna have to edit this fucking down, and that spiraled into dog barking, into oh, it was just a fucking nightmare.
1: Into naked booties, into screaming. It was insane.
0: But the truth is... Uh,
1: but they love the Sherry's Berries.
0: Sherry's Berries, they've sent them over, and the girls loved them. Apparently, there's no stems on them, so the girls were losing their mind that you could just pop the whole thing in your mouth. The strawberries are super in season, so they are literally taste like candy, wrapped in candy, and... Uh, they were all gone. By the time I got off the road, they were all gone. And the girls love them. And 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 this is great for Valentine's Day, which is coming up. So if you if you don't if you're at a loss for a Valentine's Day gift, this is where you go. Go to Sherry's Berries. Um
1: go to berries dot com. Go
0: to berries.com.
1: berries go to
0: dot com. B E R R I E S Dot com. Dot com.
1: Yes. And click on the microphone. Yeah. And enter the code BC, and what that gets you is you, a dozen, a dozen chocolate dip strawberries is nineteen ninety nine with that code. But you can add another dozen for only ten more dollars, so you can get two dozen really for the price of like one and a half. It's pretty good.
0: Yeah, and there is four. It's like chocolate dip, dark chocolate, van- uh, white. Let me chocolate. talk about
1: it because I ate them too. Oh god, they were dark chocolate with chocolate chips, milk chocolate with walnuts. And white chocolate with chocolate swirl. And they were fabulous. Really? Yes, they are picked at the peak of perfection. They are so good. They're juicy. You know, it, it just was a great, it's great pre Valentine's Day uh, yeah. for me because we got it this past week. But you should go online and order them now for the weekend.
0: Do that right now. Do that right now because this will avoid you getting saturday afternoon going shit i didn't get anything for valentine's day exactly just do it right now do it right now order sherry's berries use the uh click the microphone use the code bc and get two and you know what grab your buddy and go don't worry i got you covered
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: send one to your mom <laughs>
1: right send one to your mom yeah, I'm, yeah.
0: I'm getting an i'm gonna order one for leanne uh and one for the girls yeah. for Valentine's Day and I'm going to try them.
1: Love it. They're so good. I think this is the first time you've been home for Valentine's Day in a long time. Really? Yeah.
0: Wow. Well, all right. Yeah. Sherry's Berries.
1: Berries.com. Berries.com. Oh, I almost forgot. I meant to say go to Bertcast.com and buy a Bertcast mug. They're pretty cool. I like them. They have the emblem, the Bertcast emblem on them. They're awesome mugs. So please, go to com and check out our merchandise.
0: Uh, today's guest, uh, it is a, I'm going to say a pleasure and an honor to have on the podcast. He is uh, a guy that kind of revolutionized the business that is podcasting. He is a forerunner in content, I believe. The way he looks at b- this business is, uh, there are very few people looking at it that way. And I will say that uh, that it's the way I look at it now. Um, my first TV show. I worked on the lot with him. We're going to talk about that. And and he's someone that I always wondered if he didn't like me. And uh, (laughs) it turns out, I don't think he knew me. (laughs) It was a great podcast. And I got to be honest with you, I got more coming down the line. I don't know what mojo I got coming my way, but with Titus a couple weeks ago. I got Joey. Uh, Lewis J. Gomez is coming over tomorrow morning. Patton Oswald, uh, Pete Holmes. We have some really big ones coming up. But no one gets bigger in podcasting than this gentleman. Uh, it is my honor to introduce to you from a man that needs no introduction, Adam Carolla. This is... you drink last night a
2: little bit <laughs>
0: <laughs> i appreciate you doing this man my pleasure i feel like uh i feel like our uh i feel like the you've been a, in a weird way like a um like a instrumental part of my career do you do really
2: you, yeah do you feel like do you do you re- know how you'd know me at all um no i mean i know i know your name but I don't know how i've been Instrumental.
0: so uh, in your career, so my first TV show I ever got was the X show
2: oh, the X show yeah, that's right,
0: yeah, and so I uh, and you and Jimmy were on the same lot as us, right I and, remember that, and if I'm not mistaken, the X show was stolen concept from the man show well,
2: sorry, I'm uh, eating a lot of um yeah what what had happened is is we did the man show. Uh, as like an ABC pilot and then they rejected it and, uh, they went with, uh, Cupid starring Jeremy Piven. Are you serious? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to put together a long list of (laughs) TV shows that went on the air, um, before or instead of many, many pilots and shows, uh, I've done uh, like accidentally on purpose with Jenna Elfman and stuff like that. But anyway, so then we did the show and we did the pilot and and ABC didn't want to put it on. So we took it to Comedy Central, I think. And then Comedy Central wanted to put it on. And then I think Fox or... FX or whatever, whatever it was, wanted to do it as well. But <clears throat> we said to them, well, it's it's kind of between Comedy Central and FX. And we just think we're going to go with Comedy Central. And then FX went, oh, OK, go ahead. And then they came out with the X show a week before we came out. And then it was sort of like, oh, you guys are ripping off the X show. At least, in terms of they came out, you guys came out first, yeah, and we we're like, well, I think they're just ripping off our idea and getting it out there first, yeah, which is uh smart, I guess, sort of how this town works it's a, I, I I never it's it's a weird thing, I never give stuff much thought i I' just sort of like, all right well they'll they'll do their show, and then we'll do our show, and then but you guys had you guys I mean,
0: you guys had a distaste for the X show. I felt I, like I, I felt like that was the word on the street when I got there. They were like, because my friend Jordan Rubin was a writer on the Man Show, right? And and I remember I remember hearing about the Man Show, and I remember hearing they were taking submissions about for the Man Show.
2: Yeah, and uh, you know it's weird. I Jimmy's got a lot more of that in him than than <laughs> I do. Really? Well, I think it's it's I think it's called caring. Or Pride or, or something. You know, it's yeah. like when when we stopped doing the man show and they went on and did season five without us. Yeah. I didn't really have any feelings about that either. Really? No. It's, it's sort of weird that I didn't. Jimmy's a much more. Uh, he would have been a better member of the mafia than than me because I didn't have any of this, like, family or ownership or anything. I just sort of like, well, we did 100 episodes, and now we're leaving, and if they want to do 100 episodes more of The Man Show without us, so be it. Yeah. You know, I think Jimmy was more like, hey, that's our show. What are they doing, you know? You always seem to have, like, I always felt like you had the perspective
0: of, I apologize if this is incorrect, but... I like I'm great I'm grateful to be here I could be putting roofs on houses.
2: Yeah, I had like some yeah, I had some of that mixed with just look, let's show up, let's get paid, let's go home, let's die. You know, it's kind of <laughs> You're like my dad, eat yeah. shit and cash checks. <laughs> right, right. And that sort of was my approach to it. The, the only thing I really remember is um during that little episode when it was weird, which was We pitched our show to FX and then FX came out with their show before us and then they ripped our show off kind of thing. And then it seemed like we were ripping them off because we came out second. But I remember at some point, somebody at the uh, X show got um, a, a long, shitty email from me, allegedly. But the thing that was comical is... I can't type, spell, and I never knew how to even email anybody yeah. back then. Yeah. Especially back then, yeah. so emails back then were you really had to be a computer person to be sending emails. Yeah, and so it was it was comical. It was comical because there was this like hubbub that like oh Adam sent this scathing email to whoever, and everyone everyone who knew me knows that Adam doesn't know how to turn on a computer. So yeah. that that was uh, that's the only really thing I remember out of that. Time period, but I was always just like, well, let's we'll do a show, they'll do a show, and my recollection was was,
0: and I came in late. I felt like I'd heard one time I'd done a radio show, and my name had come up to you, and you'd about the X show, and you said, no, he was like one of the good Nazis. Like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I never, you know, I, I, it's a weird thing, but I never really, I, I, when I say one of the good Nazis, I mean like. <laughs> I mean, like, there is a thing in life where you're just around, and somebody, like, says, put on this uniform, and here's a gun, and yeah. you need to guard the gate so the Jews can't get out, and if you don't, we'll just shoot you. And I don't really feel like those people need to be blamed for <laughs> World War Two. That's just, like, kind of a situation. Yeah. You know, it's sort of, for me, I don't know... Yeah, I don't know that I would do anything any differently. Like, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not so proud that I would have went. You know what? I'll take a bullet before I. I would have been like, oh, "Yes, sir." Yeah. You know, and uh like if I was looking for a job back then, and somebody offered me a job as a host on a TV show, yeah, I would have done it.
0: Yeah, sure. I was 26 years old. I was like, "Fuck
2: yeah, I'll take a show." Yeah, and it's funny because we were all, we were both on the same lot. Yeah, that was weird, and and also. uh Love line was on that lot as well uh, when it was on MTV. So everything I did was on that lot Sunset Gower uh Hollywood Center. Yeah. Yeah. Hollywood Center Studios, yeah. Yeah, everything I did was on that lot at the uh, for the first whatever part of whatever career I had.
0: It's so funny I feel like my career's mirrored your career in so many manners because I did the X show and then uh did stand up, and then when you left Love Line, they were looking to recast it, and uh, they brought in Joel McHale. Mm-hmm. I think they brought. I want to say they brought in Kyle Cease. I'm not certain, but they brought in a bunch of guys. And I just randomly came in from the road, and I did it with Doctor Drew for the uh-huh. first time. I just did it. I did, wasn't testing. I just did it to fill in. Right. And I told the story <laughs> that I'm now famous for, my machine story. I told it on that night to mm-hmm. Doctor Drew, and then all of a sudden my name got in the mix for doing it, and I was. I mean. I would say, and, I, t- t- and tell me if you agree with this. Would you say that you on Love Line that period of what what was like ten years mm-hmm. that you on Love Line on that radio? Would, would you say that that was your that was your sweet spot? Like that's the is that the is that the best representation of all of your talents and in, combined into one?
2: I think that's a good probably way to couch it. I I I liked improv. I liked psychology i like hearing problems and, and 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 trying to solve them and i like discussing that with dr drew i i always wanted i always kind <clears> of <throat> you know i never really dreamt of being a stand up and i never really dreamt of being an author and I, ne- I never really dreamt of being an actor or doing a tv show i my goal Or my fantasy, if I even thought about it back in the day, I guess would be just me in a room with a microphone that was just sort of blasting out to you know parts unknown and sharing like jokes and wisdom and 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 doing it having a and not being teamed with another comedian but being teamed with just a thinker, somebody who had a base. You know it was interesting and and knew was from a different world than I was from and 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 had had a, a different set skill set and and so on and so forth and just and just showing up in in my you know flip flops and sweatpants at ten o'clock at night and just sitting in this windowless room while the city sort of slept. And just talked into this mic like that. That is kind of what I wanted out of yeah. life. I didn't. I never I never really wanted to be on TV. I didn't want to watch myself. I didn't want to have makeup applied to my face <laughs> or, or hair goo or, or go out and like, you know, pick out wardrobe or get yeah. a fitting or something like that. I, I just wanted to sit and talk into a mic. Yeah. And. I wanted people just to be driving along their highway in their car at ten thirty at night and just hear my voice coming through the speaker that that's all i ever really wanted it was the it was the
0: it, it, I, I would say out of and i've I'm a big fan of radio uh and and I think that naturally leads into podcasting but that period was the best radio I've ever heard me and my buddy Lorenzo would he was a photographer we'd drop off his proofs at night mm-hmm. just so we could hear you and drew put people on hold and go let me guess she was molested right i mean it was the it was i mean why did you leave
2: um <clears throat> why did i leave uh howard stern i think I, I there was a there was a couple things that were going on the last i think it was like the last year uh dr dr drew and i were always sort of what they call favored nations. We always just got paid the same. Mm-hmm. And it started off uh, in one city, I think, and we maybe grew to over 100 cities. And so as, as it grows, you're making more money? Yeah, we got paid more, and the um, the ratings were really good everywhere, but they never... The, the, the Loveline team, as it were... Uh, producers, engineers, phone screeners, program directors—they're never really a f- fan of mine. They, no are you one, shitting me? No, no, they never, they never, they didn't laugh. They didn't. They, <laughs> they didn't seem to really. I guess would be. Are you serious? Not at all. <laughs> n- n- not at all. Uh, they didn't appreciate anything that I did. The really. Raiders
0: are go- going through the roof, and they literally are just like, I don't fucking
2: get it. Uh yeah, I think. It's, I mean, they wouldn't verbally say that to me, but I'd I'd go meet with my program director like once every other month or something, and he'd literally just say like, "Stop talking. Just like you're talking too much. Like you gotta roll phone calls. You gotta roll calls. You're you're taking you know three calls an hour. You should be taking thirty five calls an hour. Just boom, boom, boom. Get get." Through it. Like stop it. Stop while you're talking. You're talking too much. You gotta get phone calls. (laughs) And so uh, I would always just kinda go, yeah, all right. And then I just go right back and just do whatever I wanted to do. And I think I think they were a little frustrated with the the fact that I would never do radio is about rolling phone calls, like r- get those phone calls rolling. Really? It is. It's about cadence. And and I never really subscribed to that. I was just like, and, and they'd be like, you did one call, and it was 17 minutes. That's insane. <laughs> There's, you're supposed to be like 90 seconds max, you know? <laughs> and I'd go, well, I'd, it was interesting to me, you know, or whatever. <laughs> phone call, I'd be fucking
0: parked waiting. For, I would not be getting out of the car listening to that
2: one phone call. Well, they didn't like it. And uh, at a certain point, they said at the – my last year, I think of uh, Loveline, they said, look, we'll pay <laughs> – it's a weird thing. I, I don't know why they – I don't know how they figured this one out, but – Drew and I were both making like I don't know nine hundred and fifty grand a year or something each, and then we got to the the next contract, and they said, "Okay, here's how, here's what we're going to do." Drew is going to remain unchanged. He will get his nine hundred and seventy-two thousand dollars a year or something. You, Adam, you're going to get two fifty. And I was like, Really? And they're like, Yeah. And I was like, um, oh, you want me to leave? You know? <laughs> and they're like, No, we just pay Drew three and a half times as much as you and uh I was like that doesn't make sense to me. And they were like, Yeah, well, that's that's the deal. And I said, uh All right. And then uh, they started talking about um, Howard Stern and who's going to replace Howard Stern and blah, blah, blah. And and it just sort of turned into that. And I ended up doing mornings about a year later. I did make them give them all my money back to get me even with Drew. Yeah. When they wanted me to sign my Howard Stern contract. I I said I got to – it's funny because my agent kept saying – you want a signing bonus, baby? And I said, no, I want the money they owe me from doing a year where I got paid um, a third as much as the guy I sat next to, who, by the way, wasn't there a lot of the time because he was like in New York and busy and doing stuff with Trojan condoms and stuff. And I was like, I'm here doing a show. Drew's on the East Coast, and I'm getting paid a third as much as... Is him, and uh, I just want to be. I, you got to give me the money to get me back to even with him for the last year. God,
0: what's wrong with LA radio? Like morning, morning radio. Why is why is there no? I mean, I guess Kevin and Bean, or
2: I don't. I've never. I, I, they said I, when I left, they said we want to get somebody young, Hispanic, <laughs> and funny to take your place, and I said okay. <laughs> Have fun with that. And I don't know – like I don't know to this day if anybody over there ever attributed any success of that to me or the fact that when I left, it started just to fall off yeah. and it just kind of – almost gone away now or something. I don't know that there's any correlation between me, the success of the show, and then me leaving and the lack of success of the show or whatever it is. is. I've, I've It's never been discussed. I've never – never come up.
0: Did those those listeners I feel like just translated. I'm not sure you do you do you ever focus on your numbers or how many people listen to your episodes or why episodes
2: do better than other ones on a on your podcast? Um yes and no. I, I used to I mean I I would I'll read tweets where they go I like this guy, we don't like this guy or what's this or you know just to sort of give the people what they want. Yeah, kind of thing, but
0: but you don't have like a your own Libsyn account where you go. Oh, I had seven hundred thousand downloads on the first day. That was oh, a good episode. Yeah,
2: yeah, no, we do, but I don't really attribute it to good episode, bad episode, this guest, that guest. It doesn't really seem. By the way, it it also it doesn't seem to have. There doesn't seem to be a direct correlation between having. Kevin Costner on as a guest seriously, yeah versus versus some unknown comic in terms of numbers. Well, I, my two of my best friends are obsessive
0: about your podcast, and like one of the guys is my DP. So on the road, he'd always put on your podcast on like late night drives. He'd be driving, and your po- your podcast is is in the sen- same sense as Bill Burr's or his Joe's. It doesn't matter who you have on; people tune in every episode.
2: Yeah, I, I I'd like to think that it's little more about me and my voice or whatever's going on in my life, and and that the 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 guess is a good thing to have, and it's nice to have reoccurring stuff, and it's nice to have guys who you enjoy working with and and improving with and stuff like that. But it's it's sort of secondary, I, I guess. Like well, like if you like Modern Family, you like Modern Family, and they'll they'll be there'll be people that'll be guests on episodes, but it's not going to make you watch or not watch. You oh, just, this this episode watch. for
0: me will be through the
2: roof because your name will be in it. You know, uh, I, I, it's uh, thank you. I, I know I, I can't, I cannot think of myself, uh, like one way or the other in almost any, facet of life it, I, I just it's like i remember i did the marriage ref with donald trump and he like showed up and he was slapping me on the back and he was saying this is gonna be the best episode you you he said uh you trust me wait till those ratings come in you're gonna see this number one this can be the number one and i just remember thinking why <laughs> And first off, I'm on it. How good could it be? And then secondly, it was me, him, and Gloria Estefan, you know, not exactly the, you know, dynamic comedy trio. And, and, (laughs) but I just remember sort of thinking like, wow, must be nice to kind of be that way. Yeah. I mean, it also sounds like a little bit of a calorie burner, but I mean, <laughs> like walking around everywhere just <laughs> announcing it's going to be number one. This is going to be the greatest. This is going to be fantastic. But I'm always just sort of like, uh, well, we'll do it and then it'll just turn into something that we vaguely remember doing at some point. What was, uh, what was, t- how did the how did the
0: podcast? You are probably one of the earlier developers of the of the business paradigm of podcasting. Uh huh. How did yep. that? How did did you literally have to sit and think that out? And there's and there's weird things that is like folklore that I don't know is if they're true or not. But like, is Jimmy a part of this partnership or is does Jack Cole no
2: still exist? <clears throat> yeah, I guess I guess we do exist. We're just we're not. We've been. Um, not doing a lot of projects. I mean, what, what happened, what happened, you know, Jimmy and I used to, you know, do shows and, and, and Jackal used to do shows. And then Jimmy got a job in show business. It was like, it's like one of those weird full-time show business jobs that doesn't exist in, in other forms of show business, you know, like, Oh, you're going to New York and do a play for seven weeks, but then you come back, you know, or you go out on the road and you do some dates and then you come back or you go do a, you know, we would go do the man show and then we'd go into hiatus and then we'd go do crank anchors or we go into hiatus or whatever it is. But Jimmy was at his house yesterday. So you guys still hang out? uh, I just snuck in. (laughs) I like to watch him
0: sleep. It's such an interesting yeah. d- it's dynamic because he works you- full time. Like he and he's and he's. Uh, no, I wouldn't say I didn't. I don't know Jimmy. I've, I've done stand up on his show, but I don't know him. Uh-huh. To but you'd imagine there. It's impossible for him not to have changed somewhat, becoming someone who hangs out with every of the biggest movie stars nightly. Um, and you still seem like like you know it was the interesting dynamic of that movie that you did. You still seem like a guy who's, you, you seem unchanged. You seem 100% totally unchanged. And I'm not saying that Jimmy seems changed. So I always wondered like that friendship that you guys had during the man show, did it maintain? Does it, are you guys still like 100% honest with each other? Is it,
2: you know? Well, it's, it's the, the the reality is when we first met, I was, you know, I had no kids. I had no wife. I had no life. Jimmy had a wife that he probably didn't like spending a lot of time with, and it was just any excuse for us to go out and eat lunch yeah. and talk about what could be you know that's all it was like well we we could do this one day, we could do that one day. We both saw that in each other, and now the reality is is I got kids, he's got a new kid, he's got a new wife and He's got to get up every day and go somewhere. Yeah, and I, you know, I was at his house watching the Super Bowl. I was at his house for Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve. Um, I was, you know, we go out to dinner and stuff like that. But the reality is, is I live over there. He lives over here. He's got kids. I got kids, and we both have these crazy schedules. And it's just sort of, yeah, it's sort of like. Life, you know, it's like your buddy from high school and then all of a sudden you get married and then you move away. And, you know, it's like you still look at him as your buddy from high school, but you just can't physically go sit and have lunch every single day. Like Jimmy and I would just go out to lunch every day. There wasn't anything to do. Yeah. And we enjoyed each other's company so much. But now it's a different relationship. You know, he works full time. I work full time. And. I'm happy to say that, uh, you know, it's like my kids call him Uncle Jimmy and when we were driving over to his house for the Super Bowl, my daughter was like, this is the second time we've been to Jimmy's place and, you know, in a month and I hope Jimmy's got this and I hope so-and-so's there and, you know, his, you know, nephews and kids and, you know, blah, blah, Is Ivy, his cousin Ivy, is she going to be there, you know, and it's just, it's a nice – Family Jimmy's very family oriented. I worked with his sister and it like just
0: Jill. Heard some heard yes, Jill. And uh she was just talking about him and I was like, I'd never seen him in uh, other than the veneer of standing behind sitting behind a desk.
2: You know? He's uh, uh super family oriented and super uh gracious. And he's like one of these guys. He's just kind of better than we are in the sense that you get a. I got him like a custom cheese board or something for for Christmas. I, here's the thing: it's like me and my wife are so fuck fucked up that here's the difference between me and my wife and Jimmy and his wife.
0: Yeah.
2: It was. You know, two days before we were heading, or the, maybe the day before we were heading over to Jimmy's house for um, Christmas Eve, and of course, my wife, my wife's like announces we're we're gonna do a Christmas card every year. and Then I have to tell her Christmas was two days ago, and she'll go, <laughs> "Well, then it'll be a holiday card." And I'll go, "All right," and then we'll never take that picture. Yeah. Uh, so we bought a gift. For Jimmy, Jimmy has a barn that he just built and we we did this – I bought him this barn thing. He likes to throw parties. He can put cheese out or something. And My wife said, uh, look, there is a um, custom hardwood thing where you can have the shit engraved and it would be funny for Jimmy's barn and you could put it, Jimmy's name on it and put it out and he could put cheese on it or whatever and I said – fine how long is it you know what's the lead time and the lead time's like (laughs) five weeks you know and so long story short he we go over there and hand him a piece of paper that says you're going to get this wood platter somewhere in the future yeah with your initials on it and then (laughs) not the gravitas you were hoping for (laughs) no well like i said we're not we're not really on our game but from him we get in the mail i mean i got a I I think I got this really cool pie of the month, thing, but (laughs) I I get this card that is like his stationery with his wife doing like a short soliloquy on how much we're looking forward to getting this cheese board one day. And then Jimmy writes under it like, hey, thank you for the uh, generous gift. We've not received it, but we look forward to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like. That's how much better they are than than we. We get a thank you card, handwritten thank you card. We didn't even they didn't even receive shit, <laughs> and we get and we can't we can't even get together like a holiday email, like so. He's just one of those guys. Yeah, like he's just I I don't know where I I don't know. It's like you have to. I grew up like a feral cat. Like, just, I didn't, like, people have to tell me, you know, when your food comes, don't start eating it. You got to wait for the other people at the restaurant who you're sitting with, You they got to wait for them to get their food. Like, yeah. I'd be, like, eating and talking and using the wrong fork. And, you know, it's, like, these weird things. Like, then the woman would show up and you'd see the guy standing up and I'd still be eating, you know, my stuff with my elbows poking out and everything. And Jimmy just... Grew up like with manners and civility, and he's just he's just more evolved or something. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's a weird we're a weird combination. Yeah, like his favorite game to play is Scrabble, and I've never played a game of Scrabble in my life because I, I can't spell. I'm just I have a hard time with Scrabble. It, it gives me anxiety as I start playing. I, it gives me anxiety thinking about playing because I've never even played Scrabble. Yeah.
0: Did but, you – did you deal, did, when you came up with doing the podcast and starting this pirate ship of yours, mm-hmm. did you talk to – did you run it by Jimmy? Do you – did you guys do this? I had always heard that he was a partner in this.
2: No, I I I just sort of realized that when the radio show ended, I'd never been – out of communication with my audience, whatever that audience was in in my mind, so it's like
0: yeah, in a weird way, that's the whole thing about like vlogging and podcasting is you do it daily and you start a dialogue with people who want to hear it daily
2: yeah and and so I've never been out of contact mm-hmm. with with whoever wanted me to be in contact with them for you know this had been now you know, 14, 15 years of, of nonstop contact. And so my feeling was, is well, when my radio show ends, I'll just start doing this just to keep in contact with people who want to keep in contact. And I didn't really think about it much past that. I just thought if if you, you know, if you, if you are used to listening to me, Then you may continue listening to me. It'll just be in a slightly different format, and that that
0: that's that. This is gonna sound. I I already know your answer. There is like nine questions I have for you that I know that I am not allowed to ask people, but like I am still stuck on nine hundred fifty thousand dollars. By the way, Um, did you get scared when you the when when the show got canceled? The morning show got canceled. Did you ever get like scared in this business where you are like, what do I do next? Like, what if I don't? What if no one
2: wants to work with me again? I did. I, well, you know, what, what I, what I had was this, see, I had this concept. I always had this concept that what would get me uh, thrown off the air would be some action that, that I did. So, uh, so what I'm saying is, is first off. I always had three or four jobs, like, simultaneously. Yeah. So I, it, it never was a weird... It's just, you know, it's just this kind of thing. I guess as a human being, it's like telling a 22-year-old guy, hey, man, don't smoke because one day you're going to be 60. And they're like, fuck you, I'm 22. I'll kick your ass. <laughs> yeah. And I'll smoke a cigarette while I'm doing it, you know, and you're like... Hey, and you know, don't you really shouldn't eat that hot dog because that's not that's gonna catch up. You know, your arteries are gonna. And like, I'm fucking twenty two. Like, yeah. What do I care? So that is when you're twenty two, you're just fucking twenty two. Like, you look good, with your shirt off, and it doesn't matter if you smoke and smoke through a hot dog. It yeah. doesn't matter. Like, but that's just your reality. And for me, when I was starting out, it was like. Oh, you got a radio show, and then you got Loveline and MTV and Crank Yankers, Man Show, and whatever. And it's like my problem was like too much shit, yeah, too too many jobs, too much opportunity, and I was just sort of in the mo- mode of I didn't audition or I didn't try to go out. I was just like, you know, me and Jimmy will come up with a show idea, and then we'll pu- we'll put it on the air, yeah, you know, and, and that was that, and so it it came really easily. I mean, there was a lot of hard work. But I didn't realize how much we were kind of defying the odds of, you know, nobody, people that do late night radio get paid $34,000 a year, not 900 grand a year. You know, mm-hmm. they have to show up and prepare and, and, and have meetings and and deal with ratings and affiliates and, and blah, blah, blah. And all I ever did was show up. Two minutes before the show, talk for a couple hours and go home. I and I and get great. You know, we'd be number one everywhere. Yeah, and I didn't have to do anything. And I mean, I had to show up, but it was all like this super easy. Like you know, like people say, you know, uh, in uh, let's see UC Davis or wherever Cal Poly somewhere you know they'd go you guys got a 50 share like in this like literally half the radios that were turned on would be listening to Loveline in I don't know where it was like Merced or something I don't remember I didn't even know the affiliates were on I wouldn't like people would call and go I'd go where are you calling from and they'd go I'm calling from uh, Rhode Island and I'd go (laughs) How are you listening to the show? And they'd go, well, "We've been on the you've been on the air here for 3 years." And I'd go, "Oh. <laughs> I I guess it would feel pretty shitty to the Rhode Island affiliate that I didn't even know we were on the air in Rhode yeah. Island. I, I every time someone would call from like Detroit or something, I'd go, "How are you listening to this?" And they'd go, "We're you're on the station with." Oh. You're on it." A- so, uh, I know I'm getting pretty pretty out in the weeds here, but no, I, I, Life I, yeah. was easy. Like I just had job after job after job after job. And then what I assumed is I assumed that one day if I got thrown off the air, it because I is because I made some joke and pissed off some Asians or something yeah. and I'd get thrown off the air. And then, of course, when I got thrown off a, this station that that station, that station, and that station would all be lining up to try to get me onto their airwaves. Yeah. But what I didn't anticipate is that the economy just took a big shit and there were no more jobs. So when I got thrown off the air, it wasn't because of something I did. It was just, there's no more money. Like ra- radio is taking a big crap. Uh, the the people that own the radio stations are bleeding badly. And they just figured it's a lot easier just to play music and not pay the the talent and just play some Coldplay and call it a day. Yeah. And so then I was out of a job, and I was, like, looking around, and it was like, oh, there are no other jobs. There's no radio jobs. There's no uh, TV jobs. Like, there wasn't any... There wasn't I mean there was you know hey you could do a pilot for this or that but there there was nothing I did a pilot or two it never got off the ground and it How was old like, were you I was uh well this would have been in eight years ago nine I, eight, hold, yeah. I was I was like 43 or something it's my age and did you have kids at the time yeah I had I had uh twins that were you know, two years old or something. And I I was, I remember kind of going, wow, I got used to this kind of lifestyle and kids and big house and everything and, and race cars and shit like that. And I don't have a job. And, and, and not only do I not have a job, but it's like the phone's not ringing. Like, and I remember just kind of going, what the hell am I going to do? Because I didn't, I You know, I couldn't take a job at a radio station and make $125,000 a year. That wasn't going to work. That wasn't going to cut it. Yeah. Like, I needed a million dollars a year. And they didn't have jobs for a million dollars a year anywhere. <laughs> and I I was sort of like, oh, what do I got to do now? And, and so it was like, well, write a book. How about writing a book? And I was like, uh... Okay, I can't spell. I don't play Scrabble, but I could write a book. And, you know, we'll go tour around, do stand-up, you know. And I'm like, uh, I don't really have an act, you know. And, like, well, get an act and, and go hit the road. And so it was a kind of a weird scraping together of, like, oh, sh- shit, I'm, uh, you know, Jimmy's off doing his TV show. Yeah. Uh, we're not doing Crank Yankers or Man Show or anything. Uh, the radio's all gone, and uh, I'm not sure what to do. What's your wife like during this time? Because um, you don't – I mean, I didn't think – care.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Is, do you guys have the kind of marriage where you guys
2: could like – do you like – Well, it's funny. Oh, it was funny because uh, I said – I did I, – no. she <laughs> She's I uh, I don't know what she doesn't. Her thing is like, you know, if I said I got to go on the road and 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 make money, she'd go fine. And or or if, if I went, I'm not going on the road, she'd go fine. You know? yeah. Like she doesn't really. I, I do remember this. I said to her, I did like come home and I just said, look, um, I don't have a job, and. I got a huge monthly nut, and I don't have a job. And you are going to need to be a little more financially savvy. Like you're going to have to get involved a little bit here, like because it ain't those days where it's just getting paycheck after paycheck, and who gives a shit, you know? Yeah. Like I, I'm going to need some help because I, I it's not formally it was none no who cared like you just look. You married a guy's rich, money just comes in, but I don't right. got any more money coming in. So I need you to get involved financially. And she said, I am involved. And I said, You are? And she said, Absolutely. And I said, What's the mortgage on this house? And she said, Oh, d- oh you're going to ask trick questions. That's true. <laughs> and I said, uh, I said, I don't really, I, I wouldn't consider that to be like an outlandish trick <laughs> question what's the monthly payment on this house I, I, I was from the beginning and then she was like well if you're gonna be a dick about it and i was like I'm not, not, I'm not being a dick i but i am saying i need you to be a little more involved and uh i quickly abandoned that plan and just went into i better make i better start making fun, some fucking money did you,
0: did you just sit up one night and you're like I mean, because the whole bi- the only reason I make extra change every month is through my podcast. But I would never have come up with that business paradigm had not I, I feel like you kind of invented it. You brought your well, radio.
2: I, I, yeah, I, I didn't invent anything other than it's just radio. You know, it's yeah. just you, you talk. You have X amount of listener. I mean, basically, what it, what it is is this: you have. A, an audience and the people that make uh motor oil or you know flowers.com or whatever they don't have an Squarespace. audience Squarespace, they don't have an audience yeah so they'd like to rent your audience from you the same way you'd want to put your tire company on the side of a dirigible and fly it over the Rose Bowl? you know, yeah. like, Hey, everybody look up. So for me, I always figured if you have an audience, that is something that can be monetized because it's my audience that I, that I have built over the course of X amount of years or, or I've delivered. Um, I, I have whatever relationship I have with them. They're there because they evidently like me and what I have to say. And and I've I've burnt a lot of calories over the years trying to make sure they're satisfied and happy and 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 like me as a product. And yeah. and so now I can take that and I can say, okay, well you'd you'd like to. Uh, talk about your motor oil or Squarespace or whatever. It's, give me a few dollars and I'll I'll share it with my audience. Yeah. And I, I don't think it's you know it's radio. It's, yeah, it did. Now, do you?
0: Um, yeah, you strike me as someone who doesn't say sorry very
2: often. Um, I I, I don't. I will if I accuse somebody of something and then. I don't know. I got my assistant Matt over there. I do say sorry quite a bit. Like if I say, "Hey, where's my stuff?" I l- I left it out on the front table, and then someone goes, "Nah, it's in your car." And then I'll go, "Oh, sorry." I, <laughs> uh, I was, you know <laughs> that I, that I will. Yep. But I don't really apologize for thoughts that yeah. I have because I'm. I don't really say them if I don't mean them, and I don't really believe them. Yeah. And – but it's not a it's, – it's not a pride – it's not pride-related. It doesn't seem pride-related. Pride it seems
0: that you seem like someone when you say something, you stand behind
2: it. I, 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 I think I – here's the way I, kind of, I try to go through life. I think to myself, what is fair? I mean there's what you want. There's what I want. And I don't want what I want a lot of people that are like kids and the kids are like you know i got twins and if you tell my daughter uh look there's one sack of m&ms there's 20 m&ms in it take 10 for yourself and give 10 to your brother she'll go i want 20 and you'll go yeah but that's not fair to them and they go yeah no it's fair to me and that feels fair and if i said to her like well, just give him one. She'd go, that's unfair to me. And I'd go, no, it's not. You have 19. But in, it feels to her yeah. like I sh- I should get 20 because it's me. Yeah. My sort of approach to life is I'll open the sack of M&Ms. I'll take 10. I'll give you 10. And then I'll give you one more. So you can have 11 and I'll have nine. Now – if you walk away from our fictitious M M&M and M table and go, fuck you. This is bullshit. I, I I deserve or whatever, I'll just go, well, I know what I just did. And I know that it's I'm calibrated and I'm fair. Yeah. And I'm not asking anything that's unreasonable. As a matter of fact, we had we both had ten M and M's and I just gave you one more. So you got one more than I do. And you can walk away and go, this is bullshit. You're an asshole. And I'll just go, that doesn't affect me at all. Because I know what I just did yeah. with you was super equitable and fair. And that's how I go through my life. I go through it without me being a big factor in it.
0: Yeah. I, I feel like I feel like I speak out of my ass all the time. And mm-hmm. I don't think about what I say. I just start rattling, and it feels like you, uh, you and Joe, are the two people that I find most fascinating because you don't. Ne- neither of you seem to speak out of your ass. You seem to speak with intention.
2: I, I feel like I have thoughts, and 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 I and I want to share them with people, and and I mean it, and that's why it's kind of. <laughs> I hate to admit it, but it's like. You know, sometimes comedians, you say something, you piss off this group or that group, yeah. and they go, and, and, and the comedian goes, oh, come on, can't can't you take a joke? You know, it's a joke. It's only a joke. And it's sort of, I wish I could say that, but it's not really, for me, it's not really a joke. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying what I say, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. And, but on the other hand, it's weird. It's, it's like, you know, someone will go, I'll go, well, look, uh a mom and a dad do a better job at raising a kid than two moms or two dads. And everyone will go, Oh, you don't mean that though. Right. And I'll go, well, yeah, I do. It's, it's not hate speak. It's just yeah. what, what is, you know? And they'll go, well, I mean, I could remember like I had my, I had uh gay publicists, and they were like, well, that's, that's your opinion. And I went, no, it's just what is, yeah. you know, it's not my opinion. It's just, It is. It's nature, you know? And then I would always say, though, like, yeah, but I'd rather – look, I'd rather have – I'd rather I'd be raised by a gay couple than my fucking piece of shit parents, like, (laughs) like for sure. I mean, they're horrible. And so it's not saying that uh, there's not a million gay couples that aren't better than my parents or yours or whoever's. It just means all things – being equal my kids get a lot more out of have they get they get something from my from my wife yeah and they get something else from me and it's it's better for them than it would be two men or two women if you and jimmy were raising them oh i well, see now there we would actually they would be better off with me jimmy actually they certainly would holidays would be a lot better that's that's for goddamn sure.
0: But like, like when the the stuff about the uh, co- females aren't funny thing came out, did you did like? If I did that, I, and that's something I would say and on a podcast, and then and then people would come out me, and the next day, and I, I just wake up depressed in bed. And I'd
2: I be like, why I, did I say that? Well, the, the, I was. It was funny. I mean, the thing that's funny about it is um, I was doing a I was doing like a long article for i don't even know what publication so i don't i don't care i don't yeah. i don't go get them or anything but at the very end just he was the guy was talking to me about comedy or books or podcasts or whatever and then he gets to the very end and he goes uh who's funnier men or women and i said oh men are funnier and he's like uh all right he just like just took it and ran with yeah. it you know and uh my feeling was, is, well, I got to answer. I mean, it can't be a tie. <laughs> and then the only alternative is women are funnier than men. And I don't think that's true. But I also said that, uh, you know, like Sarah Silverman or Kathy Griffin are funnier than any dude I went to high school with. Yeah. I didn't say there weren't funny women. I gave examples of women I thought were really funny. Yeah. But it just turned into something. And I was always sort of like well first off what do you care what I think Yeah that's I mean, an interesting way I, Well, I I gave my opinion but that's my opinion then you got your opinion and then he and she have their opinion what what how is this why is it so threatening to you for me to have this opinion Yeah I I don't get that I don't get why everyone is threatened I don't I don't get why why there needs to be a threat level for an opinion. And also, the, the people that came out after me were like, well, Carole is an unfunny buffoon. And like, okay, even less reason to listen <laughs> or to give a fuck what I say. Like, he's not funny. He's a buffoon. He's an asshole. And I feel sorry for his wife and feel sorry for his daughter. And I'm always like, oh, okay. So then, you really don't need to listen to the <laughs> super unfunny, stupid buffoon, yeah. right? I mean, why would you need like like would if, if I'm unfunny and I'm an idiot, then it's like saying I, I'm going to tell you you're bad at the guitar, but I don't play an instrument. You, you know what I mean? Like, why are you listening to me, or why That's should a blind be, guy to why, do movie reviews? Yeah, why should you be threatened by me? I'm yeah. unfunny. I'm an idiot. <laughs> and I'm uneducated, and I'm a fucking asshole. So what? What do you? What difference does it make? Yeah, I never got that part of life.
0: Um, I know we got to wrap this up, but uh, I want to like I want to talk. I wanna, I'm curious. I think what you've done in in this is the thing that I, I'm in therapy. I always talk to my therapist about what I want. Creating your own content, making your own content, and being able to do whatever you want to do. I think is the I think that's the future of this business. I think that's this is where everything's going. I see everyone scrambling, uh-huh. and uh, is how do you how do you create your projects? Like I know you got the Paul Newman documentary. Do you? I mean, do you just like walk through the office? You're like, hey, you know what I'd like to do, and you kind of put it on Matt's plate, and then Matt goes, <laughs> like, hey, I, I've got like nine options. Let's sit, and then you have like a, a meeting where everyone that works here sits down, or no, do you? Because um, I can't imagine you write a one page for it, but like. No. I don't know. Um, you, I mean, because you've done two movies. You have four books, right? Yeah. You have this documentary on Paul Newman coming out. Or, is it out. out? Yeah. It's out. Like, how How does someone – because I feel like I identify with you. I think a lot of comics identify with you. We're not. We don't like to sit behind a computer and type things out and write things out. We have good ideas, and we like to talk, and we like to do what we like to do. How do you do it? How, like literally, I want. I'm almost like. How do you make the cake?
2: Yeah, uh, I had this conversation with my wife actually the other day. Who, by
0: the way, is so much fucking hotter than she needs to be. I know. Like, I, I really wanted you to be married to like a
2: six. She, I think she knows. <laughs> <laughs> she's sweet. She's really, she's a really nice person. And but she's like kind of laid back, you yeah. know. And I'm like, look, the only way to travel through this life is to have – I have this sort of theory. I I mean, I'll I'll try to put it into words here, but um, you can sort of stand in the bakery of life and just stand there, but if you don't pull that ticket, even if that ticket says – 999 on it. And you hear the guy get on the thing. He's like number three, number three. And you're 999. But if you don't pull the ticket, you'll just perpetually be standing in that bakery and you'll never get your fucking cookies or your muffins. Like, but, and, and so everyone else's kind of approach is like, well, you just pulled the ticket, but they're on number three and yours says 999 on it. I'm like, just as long as you pull the ticket, then you have it. Now, I need you to pull like 14 tickets simultaneously. And those 14 tickets, you'll get to the front of that line at that metaphorical bakery at different points as long as you have enough tickets pulled, but you've got to pull the ticket. Yeah, you got to get the thing in motion. So while I'm trying to... Get my kitchen remodeled, and do my next documentary, and come up with my next T-shirt design, and come out with my new newest flavor of mangria or whatever it is. It's got to be in motion. You got to pull that that ticket, and time passes quickly. Like you, you were staring at that ticket when it was nine ninety nine, and you heard the guy shout out three you'll fucking blink your eyes and he'll be nine 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 ninety one, you know? And you'll be like, Oh shit, we're there. Like, but, but meanwhile you have all these other tickets that you pulled and all these other bakeries that are going on. So pull that ticket and get that thing out there. Even if it's way out around the corner, have stuff, you know, I just got, uh, a, uh, uh, memory stick that has 55 minutes of my next documentary on it that I took home yesterday. And it's like, oh, we're already almost an hour into the next doc, but we were working on it when we were working on the last doc. You know, like it's just pull all those tickets and get it, get started. And, and, and don't, a lot of people just kind of stand around and go, well, should I pull the ticket? I don't know. I don't. Uh, it's so far away. What the guy just yell? He yelled seven. Seven? It's nine ninety nine, dollars Let's fucking pull it yeah. and get going. And that th- that's about it. But pull a whole bunch. And get in line. But get in a whole bunch of lines. Yeah. And that's kind of it.
0: Is this what you're going to do forever now? Is this... Is this, like, is this, this, this pirate ship that you, and I heard you refer to it as a pirate ship a number of times, but is this, is this, could you be content doing this, doing your podcast, doing, you have like nine podcasts. Yeah. And then just doing projects that you find pa- you're passionate about? I, I, have, or do you need
2: something bigger? I, I don't have any, I, I don't think about it. Really? No. I, 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 I literally, this would be a fucking,
0: this would, like, where you're at in life. Just to make your own content and no one be able to tell you what the fuck to do. Yeah. That, that's the goal. I look at like I go, that's it.
2: I I, I like it, and I, you know, I don't know how to navigate life other than to get up and pull that ticket and get going. And I have no idea where this is going to end. I don't know how much you don't have control over all aspects yeah. of, of life. There's uh, horrible car crashes and things like that. You know um, this has been good and it's been a good ride and it's been a, you know, it's been a l- lot a learning lesson, a lot to learn and a lot of calories burnt and, a lot of wasted calories that I never really look at as wasted calories, just going down a road that doesn't really have uh, an an outlet and going, all right, well that don't go down that road again, like discovering what things are. And, and, but I had uh Barry Katz, um, who's Jay Moore's manager. Barry Katz was my manager for oh, a long manager. time. And Barry just came up to me and he's like, what's the plan, man? And I said, why no plan and he said you don't have a plan and i said no (laughs) he said don't you want a plan and i said no i never thought about it and then i started getting a little like self-conscious like (laughs) maybe i should have a what does everyone else have a plan (laughs) i know like guys like jim carrey like i cut myself a check for 10 million (laughs) dollars i looked over i i parked I parked my Camry on top of Mulholland, and I looked down, and I said, one day, you people are all going to know, yeah. and I wrote that check, and I was like, oh, maybe I should do Maybe Barry's right. I should have some sort of plan, but uh, I don't. My plan is go to work. Half of
0: Barry's things he says to you, he's saying to himself.
2: Maybe that's it. <laughs> maybe he thought that I Maybe he wanted me to think he had a plan that I could utilize by giving him fifteen percent or something. But I just remember uh no, I don't I don't have a plan. I, I get up and I get going. Yeah. Every every day and and every day something else and that's about that's the plan. Dude.
0: Well thank you so much for doing this Adam I really appreciate it, man. Thanks,
2: Bert. I appreciate uh being appreciated.
0: <laughs> hey uh do you mind if I shoot video from my blog? Yeah?
2: Okay. Um, I'm obsessed
0: with content right now. I'm doing a daily vlog This episode was brought
1: to you by The Machine